0: You're listening to Character Crusade Unbound, season one, episode number six. I'm Stu. And I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And welcome to our season one finale. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 6, the sixth and final episode of Season 1 of Character Crusade Unbound podcast. Of course, Season 1 was random Skyrim roleplay. At the beginning of the season, the kickoff included our instructions to use Skyrim Unbound mod to create a random character, and then see what kind of story you could build based on that.
1: Which also, to add to that, did morph a little bit for some to use other random start type
2: of mods. So it, it wasn't did.
1: strictly, but it started out in the unbound fashion.
2: Correct. And it does help so. to actually use the random start, by the way.
0: Yes, Joe. Uh, Joe. Can Joe. Be quite useful. <laughs> yes, Joe. Joe pointed this out to, to Matt. I think it was in episode one. Episode one. one. Or aren't two? you Aren't you <laughs> supposed to use the random start right, right yeah, off the random bat. game? Yeah. <laughs> what we've discovered through this process is that random actually means random, uh, and so Matt has taken that to heart. So lessons learned. Yes, and recreated his character. Completely random.
2: Yes, I yes I have. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, he has remained created random. Right. Oh.
0: Well, this is oh, cool, oh, right? No, no, no. Dive, dive. That's what you do in this situation. Dive, dive. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, well, Joe f- tries to figure out how to handle his his beer. Um, th- this is the finale of season one, and what's exciting about this is. This is the end of the season where we kind of focus on everybody's accomplishments. Uh, so many of you out there have really, really, I think, embraced. The challenge here. And there have been some bumps along the way, many, many challenges, but uh, people, I hope, have come away with some great experiences and... Some new ideas. Yeah, new ideas. And even if you don't walk away from this exercise thinking this was the favorite character of yours that you ever created, my hope is that you will walk away from this knowing that you learned some things through the process... That, that made it truly valuable. So tonight is the night where we are going to celebrate that, and we've got about 10 submissions from the community that we are going to read through during this podcast, and we're going to discuss how your characters came along. We're going to learn a little bit about your characters and then what you learned about yourself as a role player through this process. But before that, we are going to get into some announcements. We've got a lot of announcements, and um, of course we're in transition, from season one, I guess, to season two. So there's a lot of change going on here. We're figuring a lot of things out as we go because this is season one. So we're trying to create a formula here that is going to work for us in the future. Um, first of all, season one is officially kicking off in two weeks, all right? But we are going to be creating characters prior to that. So we are going to have some instructions for you at the end of this podcast that are going to let you know what you need to do to create your characters and where your characters need to be for the kickoff episode in two weeks. So what I am going to try and do is take that segment of the podcast, pop that out, and make a separate video or a separate audio file of that so that we can get that out into the world before Friday, which is when the podcast will normally come out. That way, those people who aren't able to attend the live stream tonight will have that information. Because I think leading into episode one, the more time that you can have to get yourself a character created and get in the right position for the kickoff, the better. All right. So uh, tonight is the finale of season one, but as I said, we're gonna we're gonna end this with a synopsis of what you need to do to prepare yourself for season two, as well as the beginning of your homework. Uh, The homework is we're going to approach the homework a little bit differently. I've got some things laid out for you tonight that are going to help frame up what we do over the next six podcasts, all right, for season two. So I think that'll be important. That's going to come at the end after we've gone through everyone's character updates. Cool. All right, so... Uh, important thing: the season two Let's Play is going to start with a live stream tomorrow night. All right. So if you're interested in checking that out, you can do that. It's going to be tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Central Time on Couch Warrior TV. If you wanna, if you wanna check that out, that'll be so right from the beginning.
1: May for May first. Yep. Tuesday first. May May 1st.
0: 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Tune right. into the live stream. I will be uh, obviously uh, making videos out of those and
1: as well. And this is based on the some of the imagery and entries you've put on Discord. Correct. So
0: Yeah, I've made some announcements um, a couple days ago regarding that to try to get some people excited and pumped up. So.
1: All right, Excited cool. and pumped
0: up. And pumped.
1: Excitedly pumped.
2: Exactly.
0: Now, I want to thank you all for helping us promote this podcast. I think we're doing something really special here. This podcast is available on YouTube. It is also available on iTunes, and I am very pleased to announce that this podcast is also now available on Stitcher. So if you want to get it on Stitcher and find it there, All of it is out there, as well as our other podcasts. You will now be able to find Pocket Odysseys available on Stitcher, as well as A Bomb Radio, and uh, some other exciting news is that uh, we have finally finished processing all the remaining episodes of A Bomb Radio, and those will be rolling out on a fairly regular basis now going forward. So uh, you can expect to see lots of content from Couch Warrior Network coming out soon. All right. Ah. If you want to give us a rating on iTunes, that would be extremely helpful. You can do that by going to our website, and you can find a link uh, to us on iTunes. The best way to do it, obviously, is to get on your, your favorite podcast app and find us there. You can give us a rating, a like on iTunes. That helps a ton, helps other people find us. Rates, likes, um, reviews. Yep. It's, it's every bit as valuable as directly donating through Patreon. So if you're interested in Patreon, patreon patreon.charactercrusade.com. We'll get you there.
1: Visit the store.
0: Yep, you can visit the store, shop.charactercrusade.com. And then, of course, if you are involved in Unbound or want to get involved in Unbound, get into the community. Uh, That is going to be discord.charactercrusade.com. And I just received uh, a really great uh, message on YouTube Uh, Even from today, from somebody who just joined a Discord community to get involved with the Unbound Project and was raving about how friendly people were and how helpful people were. It is a wonderful community, and uh, we have accepted a lot of new people with open arms in in recent weeks and months since we started this whole project. And uh, people are really getting involved. A round of applause for all of you. Totally.
2: Try to keep the biting to a minimum. That helps.
0: Well, yeah. No biting. No biting. (laughs) If you can help it. Mean. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that gets us, I think, through the announcements. Anything else, fellas, that you can think of? Only one thing
2: that you missed. What? What's that? You can always invite your friends to join us for the streams, share the podcasts with friends, them. Friends, family. Yep, everybody. Yep. Enemies. You even invite your enemies. Uh, Just keep it civil. Helps helps yep. to keep the community <laughs> growing. That's right. Uh, yeah,
1: no, I think you, I think you covered it. I know Wonderful. from my channel perspective, there really isn't anything new on yeah. that horizon at the moment.
0: Good. An opener for the finale is, uh, I'm very, very excited about what we've, what we've got planned for season two. I think it's going to be really unique and interesting. And no I don't spoilers. think it, I, I don't so. think it's going to be anything like you all are expecting. I, I think it's gonna be um, <laughs> off the off the charts different and creative. Yard. And also somehow at the same time very flexible, which I mm-hmm. think is quite unique. Yeah, uh, I think we've got a good formula.
3: Yeah.
0: I think so too. So I think so too. And many uh, many hours of, of thought, discussion and brain power were put into whether or not this concept would work <laughs> right. and batting around. Unique and new, we can and, new put and flexible it
2: together, means so. it came from Joe.
0: <laughs> that right? could be, yeah.
2: <laughs> Used to be flexible. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not so much anymore. <laughs> I know. It gets that way. It but.
1: does. It <laughs> does.
0: So I, I think uh now is the time to jump into it. So for tonight, it's all about the community and your accomplishments. So let's jump right into community craft. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Community Craft. This is the segment where we discuss your characters, your questions, your thoughts, and ideas. And because it is the finale, we are focused on your character bios, uh, paragraphs, uh, synopsises, synopsises, yeah. summaries. I what think
1: is, synopsises is what, probably yeah, what is the
0: totally plural right. for synopsis? Synopsis. Synopsis. Synopsi. That's a singular. <laughs> <laughs> Synopsi. A no, synops- a synopsi
2: would be multiples. It'd be like, I think, it's, Octopi. I think it's synopses, is what
0: Synopsies. it is. Synopses.
2: Oh, that's not right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge the word nerd, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got
0: 10 submissions. We're very excited about this. Thank you. Um, we cut off submissions at 1 o'clock today. Sorry for any of you, any of you who weren't able to get it in in time, but that, you know, we needed to give ourselves some lead time so we could go over these a little bit and get mm-hmm. ready. So uh, Matt is going to read through these, and then we're just going to riff. We're going to comment on these and uh, give you some feedback, and we're going to celebrate your accomplishments. So, woohoo! Let's All do right. it. All right, let's go. Let's Number go.
2: one, Randolph Marcus has a character named Nazu. Okay, pretty awesome. I'm going to refrain from reading email addresses lest people be, you mm. know, email spammed with fan I mail. Right? Just, yeah. yeah. So, Unbound yeah. season one character highlight. Awesome. Dark elf female. She started in a hunter's camp with two Redguard hunters east of Eastmarch. You'll have to read that to me. Uh, I can't see it real well from and here. Anselvund? East of Anselvund? I don't know this, because obviously yes. my character's never been there. Yeah, yeah. Anselvand,
0: that, Anselvand. That's how I mean,
3: yep.
1: that's how I'd pronounce
2: all right. that. All right, all mm-hmm. right. Thank you, Randall. Anselvund. Anselvund. <laughs> <laughs> had a major character event in Windhelm, not uh, not Whitehelm or, or Windrun or anything. Um, had to flee to Whiterun, ended up forming a bond with Janessa, did numerous bounty slash hunting quests in and around Whiterun. When it came to the Unbound episode where we were asked to, ran- oh, a- to ask a random person for a character twist, I reached out to Discord. Thank you, Zephyr, for the idea. Basically, in tribute to the Daedric Prince Boethia, my character was betrayed by Janessa. Ooh. What? Mm, so on the next bandit raid, my character
0: I feel was killed
2: by Janessa. And what? that's where I Oops. ended the story. Max level for this character was 24. Wow. Janessa exacted some revenge wow. or something. That's,
0: that's a cool <laughs> twist. That is interesting <laughs> twist. Okay, so go, go over that bit about Janessa again.
2: All right, uh did numerous bounty hunting quests in and around White Run. When okay. it came to the unbound episode where we were to ask a random person for a character twist, mm-hmm. I reached out to the Discord community, right? Thank you mm-hmm. Zephyr for the idea. Basically, in tribute to the Daedric Prince Boethia, my character was betrayed by Janessa. Ah, after having formed a bond with Janessa earlier. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. That well, kind of stinks. Yeah, I you mean, I think it, you got something going on, <laughs> and bam. Well, and that's that is over.
1: the whole that's that's kind of Boethia in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of <laughs> it's, sacrificing it's, it's got people s- who trust you
0: exactly. It's got a sort of <clears throat> Mephala feel to it as well. Um, you know, the inebity blade kind of a feel to mm. it, right? A little bit, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, that's an interesting choice to just like. Call her quits. I like it. I like <laughs> I just it. Just think that that's kind of interesting. Well, when
2: that's the end, you know, if well, the
0: whole point of your character
2: was overcome by right. Janessa turning on him, well, yeah. it was definitely a unexpected or, or turning twist. on her. Excuse me. Uh-huh. So, what,
0: well, this leaves me with more questions than answers, though. Like, uh, <laughs> ask the questions. What, what was Janessa's beef? I mean, what? Why? Why? Why, why did she do it? And uh, what? I mean. Did, did this character do something to Janessa that upset her, or did she just purely do it to honor Or Aethia, not do something? Or what's the dealio there?
2: I might have <laughs> I to know. dig into Discord a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm imagining to. a lively Discord community right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, that's I like great. the twist on that. I like the twist on that.
2: But it's also kind of a, a rough end, though, right? I mean, you may have imagined, as, as your character, continuing on further. Now, I don't imagine that this was the intentional end of this character. Mm-hmm. We can always you know, restart if we need to, or, oops, right. I made a bad decision. I'm just kidding. i call a mulligan. But, I mean, this is the end of the story. As, yeah, as right. As soon as Janessa's
0: done. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a great ending to season one.
2: I mean,
0: it kind of is. a cliffhanger. <laughs> does, doesn't it make you wonder though? Doesn't it make you speculate as to you know like, um, how how do you feel like how 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 does Marcus feel as a player going into the next, going into the next playthrough specifically mm-hmm. about Janessa then right like. Even even if you your next mm. playthrough doesn't like you could create a playthrough where your next character was somehow related to the character that got killed right. and was going to get revenge on Janessa, <laughs> but even if you decide not to do that, your opinion may be clouded. Um, yeah, your your opinion of of her may be clouded. That's what I think is really interesting about this. Right? Is like as much as we may say that each character is different, I I think sometimes. Those opinions carry over mm-hmm. a little bit. You right. know what I'm saying?
1: It's, yeah, I mean, e- even in subconsciously,
0: sure. Right,
2: right. But there's also a little story there as to reaching out to Discord, you know, asking someone for a random twist. How how did that random twist come about?
1: Yeah. What was <laughs> right? what was the the
2: random twist? What, in, what was in, the in request? And, and what was the response?
1: Well, yeah. Part of part of that whole deal was you know you ask somebody for something. Yeah, I mean. Give me, you know, give me a random occurrence, and then you kind of just run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was yours again? Which what? You're the what he's referring to, <clears throat> the the random. Oh, because you reached out too. Um, Strudel gave you yeah yeah about yeah. ten ideas.
0: Yeah, she she did. Uh, the one I ended up going with is that he had a dream that included a vision of a large tree with a f- like a floating heart. Oh, right, right, it, which like led you down heart. to the
1: whole Gleam and all that.
0: Yeah, I just interpreted that as restoring the Gleam. Yeah, so, that's
1: so I'd be curious to know the more specifics of the... Yep. Of the...
0: Well, Zephyr here happens to be in the chat. and oh. it says, from my end, I figured devotion to Boethia made sense for a Dunmer mercenary. Well, yeah, eh, true it, does, enough. it does make sense... I mean, um Boethia was kind is kind of part of the reclamation, right? The big three.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah. So uh
0: I mean that that does make sense. The I think the question, more importantly, is how does that manifest into betrayal? Um Right. You know?
1: Yeah, it was an interesting interpretation.
0: Well, yeah, there's an interesting things going on here. One is to say, okay, uh, Janessa being somehow aligned with Boethia makes perfect sense. Translating that into a betrayal of the player character that that's an interesting route to go. And then translating that portrayal of 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 this betrayal turning into just outright death of the player character <laughs> yeah. that that that's on a right. whole nother level, which I think is kind of interesting. So, uh, what i what I think about this is that that is such an extreme way to approach that challenge that it would almost be a shame not to use it again you know what i'm saying yeah. like to you know mm. like to to say is 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 there a way that we can we can take that betrayal and and play it forward somehow I All don't right. know. Uh, maybe you thought?
2: you said that if you were to restart with another character and you you come back in to Some exact kind of revenge, vengeance on story, or, something, or right, so right, yeah, use sure. that as a launching point. Why not? Possible. I know. Yeah.
0: I I've always loved the idea of interrelated playthroughs. You know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And it doesn't take much. It just you know it could be the most minute thing. I mean, in this case, it's it's kind of a big <laughs>
2: focal point, but <laughs> uh-huh. you
1: can you can spin off playthroughs. Uh-huh and yeah. intertwine them off the smallest of things. Um, Yeah, it's almost like having a wizard getting killed by your monk friend.
0: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. Jackass. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Tad. Yeah. yeah, he was the DM on that. That's his, that's his fault.
1: That was good, though. That was a perfect yeah. end.
0: Joe Joe is alluding to something we've talked about on the podcast before, a complete betrayal and... Um, it was in in the context of playing Dungeons and Dragons, a tabletop game, in which the the dungeon master engineered a scenario where all the self-serving characters in the party sort of turned on one another and the entire party was sort of imploded oh, was God, decimated yeah. oh, by the boy. end. Yeah, Um really was. there was lots of carnage and then that playthrough uh, essentially ended at that point. I mean Pretty much yeah. I don't think we played those characters ever again they no, all turned on they one another. No they kind another. of retired. <laughs> yeah.
2: And nobody trusted anyone
0: no exactly it was time to just start over at that point <laughs> it was it was so, good though it was was, fun. That, was that
2: the the plan of the dm we got to start over
1: mm, well no i don't think so it was an option uh, yeah. it was an option and my character had done something to trigger that option yeah so yeah. it's basically i believe if i recall uh you were given the option if i became a threat then you needed to eliminate me and I did something yeah. that was threatening. I don't remember exactly what it was, but
2: know. <laughs> I, I Come over here, I'm going to finish your ice cream. <laughs>
1: it obviously <laughs> was a threat. interpreted negatively. Yeah. But yeah. it was fun. I, I, I actually could not have imagined a better end for that particular character, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it was a good way to go out. <laughs> anyway, that, so that was really good. Thank you for the submission.
2: Next one submitted by Strudel. Character's name is Morzul. Hopefully I'm doing it justice here. Morzul Gro Uzgul, Morzul an old orc began his unbound adventure in Windhelm. See how these people got it right? I just anyway. Bitter because the <laughs> loss of an eye had left him unable to do the one thing that formerly gave him purpose, hunt with a bow. An outcast from traditional orc society, he was searching for a reason to continue with his life. His experiences, including a period as a vampire, led him to a great deal of introspection about the nature of life and death, gods and religion, and his worth as an individual. Because you're good enough and you're smart enough. (laughs) And gosh darn it. (laughs) And gosh darn it, people like you. The discovery (laughs) that he long ago fathered a daughter led to his being reunited with an old friend meeting the daughter and marrying Morn, the mother of his child. Wanted to make sure I got the name right. Yeah. Uh, he was eventually reconciled with the orc strongholds to the point at which the chiefs purchased property for him. He and his small band of friends and family established their own stronghold there. Now, playing Morzul has been very rewarding. In particular, needing to articulate his specific thoughts with respect to others in society in general made for a much deeper experience. Knowing that I was playing him for Unbound kept me from falling prey to lazy tricks like going back to prior saves if I didn't like what happened. (laughs) This was a real, quote, real life that needed to roll with what the game presented. By the time the story finished at level 40, I had grown very fond of the cranky old one-eyed former (laughs) vampire married orc. (laughs) In Morzul's words, quote, I'm glad I didn't die. Otherwise, I might have missed this.
1: Wow, that's perfect. That's pretty awesome, right? Yeah, yeah kind of really ride awesome. into the sunset. I, I like it. You
0: know? Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: It's a sharp contrast from the previous. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a different is kind like, of betrayals, right? Uh, if you, some context as well. I mean, if you go back through lots of the discussion threads, you can see just many times that's that Strudel was struggling with how to play this character. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is
1: actually really great uh, to kind of hear this over kind of overview, just because I know mm-hmm. that uh, there were times early on when this was mm-hmm. definitely not the favored character and it was really mm-hmm. difficult to deal with.
0: Right, right. And I, But I think s- to some degree, um, when you're having trouble playing a character on a personal level, that could also translate into some really cool ideas about frustration that maybe the character is experiencing too. So at the same time that this character is struggling with having to try and figure out where they fit into society, she's struggling herself to figure out how to play this orc mm-hmm. that is not the character that she would have chosen. Right. Right. If, if it, had, if she had just created it how she wanted to from scratch. Right. And so, to some degree, I mean, at that point, you know, a lot of people would give up, but I I think there's more reward maybe in, oh, in yeah. sticking it out and just seeing where it goes. Because right. I, I, I remember some of the discussions we had early on, and then when I see this post and see how this character's kind of come full circle, discovered this daughter, been accepted again by the Orc tribes, has accomplished all these things, and especially late in life and after having— Having suffered some kind of catastrophic industry in injury that injury, forced mm-hmm. him to uh, change his vocation, you know, uh, I think is kind of an amazing uh, just story arc. Right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. It's very cool. Yeah, overcome.
2: Yeah, and yeah. a nice opportunity if you want to continue on. You know, there's there's stories about the daughter. There's stories about mm-hmm. the orcs. There's I mean, there's oh, all sure. kinds of stuff yeah, that there's, you yeah. There's there's a few offs on this that, that you could yeah uh, very easily create. The exactly. intersecting storylines I think that, that come from this are pretty epic.
1: You made it up to level forty with
2: him. I know, right?
0: I, I got know. I was reading and that I'm fabulous. like forty. It's fantastic. Well that's, that's about
1: your your end game.
0: Uh yeah. I mean I I, <laughs> I ended at 37, like halfway, about halfway to 38. Right. Not quite. So yeah, I mean that's that represents a lot of playtime. So uh, and I'm, consequently, it's, a lot of thought. Exactly. Yeah. To, to me, it's really cool to see the, the whole point of the exercise was to be forced into a situation where you might have to play a character you never would have considered and feel, figuring out how to get in touch with that character and how to truly enjoy the role play. Right. Uh, uh, because I I think originally when the three of us discussed this concept, it was all about trying to break out of a rut. Right, because we hear a lot of people say things like, "Oh, I always end up with this kind of character," right, or yep. "I always end up with a sneaky archer, or a <laughs> blah, 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 So, you know, if if you're always playing, you know, a f- a f- an elven female in tight pants, <laughs> wow, let's let's get an old crusty orc now. Let's right, let's right. let's do a one eighty, right? Yeah. Um, not to say that Strudel plays elves in tight pants. But, uh, who, who am I to say? I mean, uh, who are you to judge? judge? I'm not right. going to judge anyone. Because uh, <laughs> Vander was wearing tight pants, too. Uh, he, well, yeah, Vander had quite tight pants, um, <laughs> which which Shirley Curry Shirley... enjoyed quite thoroughly, I might add. She commented on his Vanderbuns <laughs> yes. frequently. Yes, I do recall that. That was really funny. Was actually, that sounds actually. like a little bakery on the side. Well, he, he, he
2: ran.
1: I mean, he had to have had some... Some pretty good glutes. buns and thighs. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, buns and oh, thighs. He's working out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that that's really gratifying to hear because I think that to me that says that the the experience that Strudel had was basically the experience we were hoping to create for people. Mm-hmm. Which I think
2: a little really discomfort, great. but with a good result.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what that does, that, that's just an exercise that forces you to think outside the box, come up with a really good story despite something that you may not have thought of before. And then when you get down the line and you're, you're able to create a character that you truly are interested in playing from the very start, it gives you maybe some tools in the toolbox uh, from a story perspective that you didn't have before.
2: Stretches so. a little bit. I, when you talked about doing your first NaNoWriMo, I think that that was a, a big challenge, right? Because how am I going to keep up? What am I going to write about? And then, uh, it, like, every time we got an update, it was like, well, hang on. I was only supposed to write 10,000 words, and I did yeah. 46,000 or something. I right? don't remember what – yeah, yeah. It's – yeah, I mean – But it got you out of your comfort zone as a writer. To right? start
1: with, but then, yeah, you, you develop new – I guess new comforts or mm-hmm. or – become comfortable with whatever it is that you're presented with. Uh, At that time, it was writing, something I had never really done, not to that extent. Um, I haven't done a ton of it, but I will be getting into doing more soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you will.
2: It's not November. All right. That's number two. What do do we got next? All right. We have, uh, hang on for a second here. That's done. No, no, where did it go? Zah. Submitted Aura the Ancient Nord. Aura the Ancient Nord began her adventure at a hunter's camp outside of Sunderstone Cave. She had no memory of her past and appeared to be at least a century old. She suspected some type of magical manipulation as wizards inhabited the nearby cave. She discovered the Transmute Aura spell, which awoke memories of her fascination with silver, and it turned out Sunderstone is a silver mine. That's nice. Cool. Her prowess in hunting animals led her to being constantly recruited to deal with vampires. Eventually, the greater threat of dragons took her attention and surprisingly put her on the main quest. She also hated the Thalmor and wore their cloak as a trophy. Yes. It was revealed that she was the daughter of a blade during the last era of dragons and was destined to be the next dragonborn, so she was preserved via magic until needed. Very cool. Though she is a true dragonborn, there are now rumors of a dragon saving the life of a hero who had been arrested with the notorious Ulfric Stormcloak. This series gave me a new appreciation of the main quest and got me in the habit of making videos of my adventures.
1: Ha
2: <laughs> Nice! That's a a challenge for a lot of folks, feeling comfortable recording it. It's a big challenge,
1: yeah. But Mm -hmm. I know what got you in was playing the game and just having all this amazing stuff going on and really wanting other people to come along for the ride. If I remember correctly, you didn't start because you wanted to make videos. You didn't start because you had this fantastic story going on. It just had to come out. (laughs) It was like, this is some cool stuff Yeah, I want to record it for later. Yeah, look, right, look what I'm going through. Are you doing this too? You know, so I think that was all on Xbox, right? Yeah, Yeah. to start with, yeah.
0: I was looking for fellowship. I mean, really, honestly, like yeah. I I guess that's a good way to put it. All of these uh, great adventures I was having, and I wanted to share them. I love this concept. I love the mysterious nature of it. I love the the high minded kind of supernatural. Yeah framework of that whole thing. I love it. And I love the idea, too, that this is a character that has this greater destiny, like somehow they've they've been preserved. Which because, I think is pretty well, epic. it's right. almost
1: like, a la Serana in some respect. In some ways. She's yeah. just kind of frozen in time until needed. Right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, suppose. this is obviously a, a much different kind of story arc, but mm-hmm. kind of that same... Yeah, you know, concept yeah. of Absolutely. just being, you know, stuck in stasis.
0: Right, right. And I, but you know, I, I think the, I, I like the whole concept of you know, in case of emergency, break glass. <laughs> right, like. Um, <laughs> whereas Serana, in a way, she's she's being she's being hidden away. True. Uh, to to save her from a terrible fate right, at the hands of right, her father. Right. right? <clears throat> uh, this. Yeah. The the. This is a. Intentions are concept. much different. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So um, I, I like it too how playing this through, understanding that the character knows that they're not from this time and place, I think is kind of interesting as well.
2: And disconcerting in a really interesting character play standpoint, right? I know yeah. that I'm not in my time, but I'm here for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're just it's, embracing well, it.
0: Yeah, that's, it's really wild.
2: That's really cool. Yeah, did I, did I buy stock a hundred years ago? Do I get to cash that in? <laughs> <laughs> has my has my gold gained? What gold? do you mean, my coins are no good here? <laughs>
0: yeah, marches into Windhelm with you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I want to cash these in. What <laughs> <is this laughs> worth the now? equivalent of Confederate uh-huh. currency, you know. It's right. like, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> sir.
0: I'm sorry. But
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: those I are buy- very interesting, but <laughs> yeah
2: you'll have you'll have to wait at least another 150 years and take it to the yeah. guys at pawn stars.
0: I bought mammoth cheese futures back <laughs> 2 centuries ago. Now I want I want to cash in.
2: I never thought I would hear that phrase ever. Never mammoth even a mammoth mammoth cheese, cheese futures. futures. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> no, I I think it's got a real um it's got a real sort of um powerful magic component to it, right? I mean, you can Oh yeah. You, I I like, you know, you can go lots of different directions with a character and you try lots of different things, right? There are sometimes when I want to play through to really feel like, you know, high fantasy. Right, and then there are other times when I want to play through to feel like just really grim, dark, dark fantasy. and gritty, and yeah, I mean, I love grim, dark fantasy. It's right. one of my favorite genres. But I also like the Tolkien esque high fantasy, right? right? Yeah, and this has an interesting mix, right? Um, one of my one of my favorite authors is Steven Erickson, and he has a main character that spans most of his novels that is basically like a guy who is a dragger and he he spends the vast majority of of the story kind of being this skeletal undead state and trying to you know trying to interact with and deal with people who are you know of the flesh right and so you know it it's to me like The idea that you can latch on to, you know, something really kind of bizarre and outside the box and then just follow that through and see where the story leads. That's what I think is brilliant about this game, right? Um, Depending on the approach you take from the very start, the whole game can have a very, very different feel. So, yeah, I love that.
2: I love the diversity so far, and we're only a few in. I know, right? (laughs) That's what makes it so cool, too.
1: Other than I know there were a fair amount of orcs rolled out, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the yeah, way they were handled is very all different. very different and yeah. unique.
0: So Do We have a race on this character. It was an, it was an ancient Nord. Ancient right? Nord. Ancient yep. Nord. Okay. So we got Nord.
2: And a she. She had no memory. Ancient Nord lady.
0: Wonderful. Yeah.
2: The next one is from Packet Loss TV.
0: Oh, Packet Loss. <laughs> oh. Excellent. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I like basket, Packet the... Loss at the disco, at the discotheque. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's one wild and crazy guy. <laughs> oh, man. All right, the character's name is Morgan Teague. Season one summary. Morgan was a challenge. I'm sorry, I'll not do that. Come on, do it right. <clears throat> Morgan was a challenge because of the ultimate zero to hero start that Unbound supplied me with. His first 10 levels were fraught with frustration, disappointment, and utter joy (laughs) all at the same time. Fabulous. I struggled trying to get his play style right, mainly because it seemed like nothing I tried felt right or ended up being a copy of someone else's couch warrior ideas. (laughs) In the end, once I settled on a half-shadeling type build, he became a joy to play. Unfortunately, by the time I figured out his play style, I had lost all focus on his story. Nothing felt coherent, and I stopped updating his journals. All that being said, I now have a solid grasp on how to play him. I just need to go back and build my story around him, which I may do at some point in the future, quote, with a little help from my friends. I appreciate all the brainstorming the Discord community allowed me to participate in. I thank you, gentlemen bastards, for answering my questions and giving us all encouragement. I'm really looking forward to Season 2.
0: Awesome. Nice. Cool. I love this. You know, Take you a know, bow, s- gentlemen. Sometimes it's a journey, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and and part of that journey is always the struggle. But
2: And sometimes that journey means know? Janessa's going to betray you and kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hear that she does that. Bitch. Oh, she thinking, "God. I thought
0: we were friends. What is this? Mean girls?" I know, right. <laughs> so, I I love I love uh Packet's story here too because you know, we're we're all in the Discord community. We see what's going on in there and um you know, we, we had our <laughs> we had our pity party moment <laughs> where there were a whole bunch of people in there all like just complaining about how they couldn't get anything going and how everything sucked and whatnot. And, Is that the know, day that you um, went in and ripped it, everyone? It, yeah, that one? that was the day I went in and did it. I gotta a admit, talk, that but... was
1: a fun phone call.
0: That was fun. That was super fun. What do I do with these Uh, people? Yeah. It was so much fun. I I just I No, it was great. The the reason that we do this is because we want everyone to have a good time and because we want to share with one another, right? And if if we if we put a challenge out there and I see people really struggling, I feel like it's, you know, part of my job (laughs) to help in any way that I can and by being a
2: tough coach.
0: Well, here's the thing. I I know that given everything that's going on, I'm not as available to people as I'd like to be. So if I can get out there and give a pep talk every month or so, I will do that. <laughs> but what I like about what I like about um this this story in particular is that what I saw going on at that point was that um he was he was really struggling with a low point trying to figure out how to play this character. Nothing felt right. Right. You know? And, and that's it's, frustrating. It well, really is. you know, and that's the thing, right? If if you feel like it's not working for you, don't stop playing the character, but figure out what it is you're going to take away from it. It may not end up being your favorite character ever. It may not end up being a cohesive story. It may not end up being this memorable experience but what are what are the things that you can take away from that experience that are going to help you the next time through? And so regardless of whether you decide to go back and replay some stuff and try it over again, or you decide to just say, hey, I learned these five principles from this experience that I know I can apply to my next experience to make that one even better and just keep moving forward, uh, either one of those outcomes is great.
1: Yeah, it's, I guess it's not as much maybe about – forcing something that just isn't working as as much as is figuring out why it's not working yeah and yeah. then bringing that forward
0: yeah absolutely that's the and that's that was part, part of that was
1: part of yeah that was part yeah. of the experiment this time around yeah
0: exactly i think you know the, the interesting thing here too is that the correlation between um this character being kind of a uh a light version of Shadling. In my experience with Shadling, mm. right? Um, Shadling was such an odd character, like a really strange character to try to role play, like virtually impossible to role play. There's
1: no way you could have done that live. <laughs>
0: no, no, I couldn't have done it live. Um, and the, the, you know, every every single character is a different is a different formula. And Shadling's formula was that he was detached, he was alien, yeah. he was very strange. And he was the kind of character that was so much fun to play from a technical perspective right. that I would I would play the same level over 20 or 30 times because it well, was so much fun to just try it in different ways and experiment. Right.
1: And I think where that that character yeah. really excelled was being kind of an, not an antagonist, but, uh, you know. Prodding point or mm-hmm. you know, a provoker, a provoker. Thank you, a ghost provoker. Ghost <laughs> <Yes>,
2: provoker. Sorry.
3: <coughs>
1: no, i <coughs> yet another himself. inside you know, joke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't something that you like. You said you couldn't necessarily role play him, but he was great to spin things off of and start new things. And right, um, he was a good provoker. Yeah, of, he's. Of ideas.
0: In the grand scheme of things, as as I think about the Lorcan universe, what I call the Lorcon universe, he's a bit player, but he's a catalyst for a lot of other things. And even though he's catalyst. not a character that I could play, like I could I couldn't do a let's play of him. Right. Um, which is evidenced by the fact that I didn't do a let's play. Everything I did for him was really focused on a location. Let's let's right. find a really funky way to complete this challenge, and then it was done. Right, right. right. Um I learned a lot from that playthrough, and there are very specific things that I learned from playing that character that I'm carrying over into my next character, Breezy. She is definitely going to be using using some techniques that I learned from from playing this character, from playing Shadeling, but she's going to be using them in a more focused uh, way, more a, a way that's more focused on her her character type, her style, and her background, right? Um, whereas uh, Shadling was all over the map. So I think what's important here is that, you know, Packet got there in the end. Yep. Got to a point where he felt satisfied with what he was doing and, and what is he going to carry forward? I think that's, that's the really cool question in all of that. All right.
2: From Scotty JL... Solas etoile, okay? Season 1 of Unbound was a blast. Woohoo! That's just the beginning. I'd always experimented with loose character concepts mostly centered around builds I had in mind. Originally thought the random aspect would throw me off, but found it so enjoyable to develop Solas as his journey went on. I favor stealth characters, so playing a bombastic mage was pretty interesting. I really found myself thinking that most things do seem trivial when you can just set your troubles on fire. <laughs> this led, however, to its own problem of being bored. I needed to set limitations on Solus now to make playing him interesting. Vampirism was great for remedying his growing ego and how omnipotent it felt playing him. He could no longer move, oh, as he could no longer move or act as freely as he did previously, and fire magic was no longer available. Why don't you rely on that? That would be terrible. <laughs> <It'd> be <laughs> Ultimately, Ultimately, I got bored of him near the end of the season due to trying to find ways to steer myself from the main storyline. I started the college quest line because, of, uh, because it's one of the only places I could see him spending time, but I had done that storyline so many times I ended up boring myself. Next season, I'll try and branch out and make my own little quests for my next character to play outside the box, as it were.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I, what I like
2: about Scotty's character is, is thinking about playing a character you wouldn't normally play. I do the same thing. I go back and play a you know stealth we, archer. You, or you something Always come all the back time. to kind
1: of what's comfortable. And so and that's not necessarily bad, but it's you know. But well, playing that, a bombastic name. its good that's to, what, to branch to out. Yeah. Out, right? Yeah. Get out of the doldrums.
2: <laughs> I, I think using words like bombastic. Is mm-hmm. just fantastic. That's a good yeah. start.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That mm-hmm. is, that is.
2: A mage in the rave, kind of a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Although I do think that if we're <laughs> like dancing? if we're looking, <laughs> <from> r- <laughs> <laughs> mage know, m- 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 rave. <laughs> 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 but I think if we're if we're looking for quotable <laughs> quotes, I think that that probably wins the one so far about thinking how most things seem trivial when you can set your troubles on
0: fire. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I. You maybe know,
2: maybe we need to send somebody for professional help.
0: There's actually. nothing <laughs> th- there's nothing that stops I mean there's there's nothing that stops a vampire character from using pyromancy, right?
1: Not from a technical standpoint. Not from no. a technical standpoint. No, not at all.
0: But uh, what I like is is how he's basically u- using that as a way to sort of role play, mm-hmm. well, shit. If I'm vulnerable to fire, why the f would, would I, con- I ever use you know, why it? Why would I use why it? Why would right? I hold it in it's, my hand? It's too risky. It's way too risky. I really like, want to. I really um, want to. <laughs> even though, from a technical perspective, in you game, can still do it. You can still do it, right. and you don't suffer any but it's a, negative consequences. Yeah, but it's it makes a perfect great self
1: limitation yeah. for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I do like that a lot, and then I I, I also like the sentiment that. You know, I've been through the Mage College Quest line so many times, and uh, I've enjoyed going through this experience, and it all culminates in me really understanding that I can really bust out of the box in a big way in the next season. Yeah, right? that's a Which, great kind of self-realization. I- exactly. And, I mean, that's, that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes a completely crazy, asinine, in-game experience to show you that there are other ways— to do it, right? And mm-hmm. um even though this this seems like a, a a like a really fun sort of interesting coherent, you know, playthrough. Right. Yeah. Um I I just love this idea that the next time we we're, we're going to see something even that that stretches that stretches his his role play abilities even more. Yeah. So I'm really excited. kind
1: of thoughts and Mhm. Looking at things from a new angle,
0: yeah, and I think when taken in context with the discussions we've had about season two, and which we will be having with you, the audience later on, there's going to be many opportunities where we're kind of blowing the doors wide open in terms of flexibility, and it's going to be up to you guys to find ways that you may, to make sure that you don't end up in the same ruts that you have in the past, right? Um, so. I think one of the I think one of the key things about about season one is that the restrictions that we put in place, not just the the randomness, but you know, these ideas that, that you gotta you gotta take what you start with and then actually build a story around it, it, it forces you outside your comfort zone, right? And now the idea is take what you learned in season one and go into a season where you have more flexibility. And find a way to limit yourself or a way to keep yourself from falling into those old habits. Right. Right. So now it's maybe a bit more. Or turning
1: those habits on their head and and using them in a different way.
0: Yeah. 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 So to some degree, the season two challenge is going to be in, in, in a lot of ways revolving around this idea of, of um, self-discipline around this idea. Kind of. What, yeah. what can I do outside of the things I've done in the past right. to really create a different experience for myself? Right. And it sounds to me like uh, he's prepped and ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. <laughs> yeah. In so the blocks. I love it. I love it, eh? Right. It's great. Right. Shall we keep on this one
2: or shall we move on? Well, Let's do it. this is one of the only submitters who helped phonetically with pronunciation. But so, you know what? You've been nailing it. Yeah. Uh, I've been nailing it in my own head now, no you matter whether they're this, correct man. or you not. You got right? uh, right. this, man. got it. Good job. That isn't at all what you. I was thinking about. It's my character's name, but whatever. That's yeah. what he said now. That's what he's got to use. Uh, Trolliant. Trolliant. I've decided that we're going to go back. Did you just go hit back. puberty? Or? What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, well, uh, Nalindal Oakbrook is the, is the character here. Uh, Lynn, for short, for those of you who are familiar with Lynn. The heart of Lynn's story is her journey to discover who she is and who she wants to be. Throughout the journey, she struggles to overcome her anger over the death of her parents, the grief over the loss of her dearest friend, Kaylin, and her guilt when she discovers she's been serving the very men who are responsible after meeting a man named Rogi, I'm going to assume it's Rogi, and yeah, we'll say Rogi. Uh, Rogi. Rogi. We'll say Rogi. Sort of, sort of roguish. Mmm, the rogue. <laughs> She learns to laugh and love again. However, her struggle continues, and she soon turns to drink and skooma to ease her pain, which only leads her to a darker place. When she receives a vision of a young girl facing off against a giant two-headed beast a sliver of light returns to her life. She meets this girl in Markarth and finds a new purpose, protecting this child and training her to be the warrior she is meant to be. This sliver of light grows when she is reunited with Rogi, and the light of their love swallows up all of the remaining anger, grief, and guilt. It's over there. Concerning my experience with the project, having a group of people to bounce ideas off of and share my experiences with has been wonderful. Even from the beginning, Lynn's backstory only came into focus through the ideas offered by members of the Character Crusade community on Discord. Since I started playing Skyrim at the beginning of last year, I haven't been so emotionally connected with one of my characters as I am to Lynn right now. I think I can say that with the Unbound Project, this is the first time I have truly role-played a character, getting into their head and understanding who they are. This has been a truly great experience, and I look forward to what is to come. It's hard to even know what to say. I know.
0: It it breaks a little tear to my (laughs) eye. Honestly, um, I like this one, too, because... um, uh, this is one where I was able to provide some help when we got to the to the buddy homework. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so, yeah. Um, but what th- th- through that experience um, also, I know that when when we gave the buddy homework, we were like, you know, we're, we don't want we don't want anybody to feel obligated to go and read through people's complete background. Right, we want it right. to be mm-hmm. <clears throat> somewhat off the cuff, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, I did that anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I went. I went and read through. You um, read your own mind. Everything that was written about this character, and, and kind of got familiar with the backstory a little bit, and then provided a vision, like a waking vision, mm. that had to do with, you know, this this monster that Traliant talks about fighting, right? But it, it was, uh, you know, reading that background information about the character, this this situation with the friend, and, and not knowing whether or not you could trust the people that you were working for, and how they were treating you like scum, and all this kind of stuff. I just thought, wow, man, that's that's some heavy stuff. But it is absolutely the the perfect fuel for role play, mm-hmm. you know. So th- this one is is really great from that perspective i just love that um i don't know i've played a lot of lighthearted kind of stories but i've also played some that are pretty dark and this is one that that really goes deep into the psyche of the character which i think is really cool and obviously as a player it's been rewarding that's
1: kind of where all the interesting stuff happens
0: oh yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) well it is it is in the heart of darkness get into
1: the head games right uh,
0: I mean, uh, you think about it. I mean, that the the personal psychology of the character is the icing on the cake in any scenario, right? So you can ch- take some kind of a deep betrayal or terrible crime and all this kind of stuff, but when you layer on top of that, all of the psychosis that a character has, or all of the you know, tragic background a character Mm -hmm. has and stuff like that. Now you're making it personal and you're giving it color and you're doing all these things, right, that really enhance the whole experience.
2: Very few characters that we hear about don't have some sort of tragic background. You don't hear about the happy-go-lucky young Nord who never had any problems, right? You
1: don't, I think, in large part because, well, really any story, any movie line that's just your everyday person. Yeah. And as an antagonist or protagonist, uh, that's not as interesting. Yeah, as you if you there's need a something, to, care, to even, <clears throat> even if you do have a character that has this kind of, you know, seemingly mundane background, there's always something. There's always a twist in there somewhere. Right. Uh, that sets them apart. And that's what makes them different. That's what gives, in this case, you know, that dragonborn or, you know, Hero or heroine type of mm-hmm. right. of feeling. So and, you know, I. I <laughs> but you're right. You you just,
2: it's just not as interesting. They're just the background characters, you know? mm-hmm. right?
0: And I I think also like the the severity or life and death nature of the conflict has very little to do with it. Like I know, I've been just as entertained by stories where. The protagonist is suffering from some kind of um, problem at a social level. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, Like you know where where they've been where they've been shunned by a peer group, mm-hmm. versus right. chased by a monster. I right. Would, I mean you know that one's one's life and death, and, and one isn't technically, right. but feels, but it feels like, like it. it is because right. of yeah. who the character is. Kind of. Right?
1: First thing the character that came to my mind, when my mind was the. From the show, Mister Robot. Oh, sure. That dude. I mean, all yeah. sorts of social issues there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Not to mention this whole psycho, but he's also just just genius. So, mm-hmm. um, on the outward, he just looks like this nobody drug addict, but they de- they delve into the psychosis of the dude and mm. uh, his his savvy and his intelligence, and he becomes mm-hmm. a really fascinating character really fast.
0: Oh, he does. Yeah, it's a great nice. character.
2: I haven't seen that. Yeah, uh, it's a good Highly series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is. So uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm just I'm, I'm it's really gratifying to hear that people are getting things out of this exercise.
1: Well, and uh, so. to I think what's kind of stuck out to me the most was you know really being the first kind of role play type of character mm-hmm. they've they've used. So I mean. Which is great to hear because that's kind of what it's yeah. all about. It, it is. It's, so it's, it's great it to is. hear that it, it captured you in a way that you could do that.
0: Yeah. And yeah. It, and what Joe is talking about gets at the essence of what our mission statement has been since the very first episode we created. It's, the, the idea is to convey to people that Skyrim and games like it are a completely different game if you just approach it in a different way. And, holy crap, can you get some really momentous and moving kind of scenarios going if you just invest yourself in the character and really think through what it is you're doing as opposed to, you know, just being this this thing devoid of personality that's going out and getting achievements.
1: Yeah, running Mm -hmm. from point A to point B. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. Makes all the difference in
1: the
2: world. I didn't understand in the beginning in the first couple of episodes when you said, well, there's all these people that say they finished Skyrunner. I'm like... Well, that sort of makes sense. It's a Don't game. You sort of That's have what a way to finish the game, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. But it, I'm yeah. slow. Technically, yeah. You Technically, can it's beat. possible. But the yeah. but some it isn't. of the things, it, well, it's a stage.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good way to put it. it. It is. It's like when it's it's fun to watch people have like this awakening. To what to what it actually means if and I remember well, at least
1: as what we're trying to portray.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I'm I'm sure you experienced this even as a kid, when you would tell somebody I'm going over to a friend's house to play D and D, and then you'd come home after the game was over, and they'd say who won. Yeah. And yeah. you'd say, "Well, nobody." And then they'd be like, "Well, why did you play then?" Yeah, what kind and you know, why did you play for 14 hours? <laughs> what possibly could the point of that game be if there's no winners? Right, right. You know? And and I some people will take the time to try and explain to people what the game means, and other people will just say it's a lost cause and say, "Well, I'm still alive, so I must have won." Right. Yeah. You know, but uh <laughs> And yeah. so
2: goes another day with our humanity, right?
0: Right. I mean, it's,
2: to me that's the <laughs> I'm still alive I That's must have like
0: won. the perfect way to illustrate what we're talking about, right? I always
1: ask uh my daughter that when she comes back from her friend's house just because
0: <laughs> Yeah. Did, did you We win? know <laughs> like so did you win? And <laughs> she'll just win? look at me deadpan.
1: Yes. 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 <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cuz she knows damn well like exactly you know? what I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah, which is exactly. really funny, but <laughs> That's hilarious. So th- this is really great to hear, though. It's you know it's another person who is taking something wonderful from this experience and will keep applying these things going forward. Sure, which is so amazing. Well,
2: and the depth of character development again comes back. You know, not only are you talking about someone playing, but you've got relationships that are happening throughout. You know, that you've you've now got character development, you know, with others. Whether you decide mm-hmm. that you're going to have those continue on in your next gameplay, uh, or if you continue this character or whatever it may be, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't just about you win and that person goes away forever, uh-huh. or that character. Right?
0: Yeah. Every character you create in Skyrim is a learning opportunity, whether you like the character or not. And uh, it's just a matter of what you decide to carry forward into your next playthrough. What
2: there needs to be is, is like the little characters that we could have had made and I think you guys may have for our Pathfinder game. It would be nice mm-hmm. if you could take your Skyrim character and have it 3D printed, you know. Yeah. Well, right. you probably could. You probably could.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: But you'd have a lot of characters. Uh, and he would
0: be <laughs> and he would be broke, but yeah. I'm broke, yeah. <laughs> be broke. <laughs> All right. All right.
2: Uh, we'll move on to number 7 then. Let's do it. Number, uh, seven. number 7 from uh ooh, Momchill Storn Snowhawk. Character's name is Vinnin Ramshackle. Yeah,
0: I love that. Where are this character? All right. <laughs> so,
2: hello, gents. The horror movie director is here. We find a man that has a dark background, entering Skyrim and subsequently murdering innocent people. Grim. Perfect. Vin and Ramshackle explores, travels, and experiments on any living creatures with the goal to reach a level of satisfaction. The story was meant to look into the mindset of a killer, psychopath, and at the same time, a cunning mind. I wanted to bring fear and dismay all across Skyrim, and at the same time show some different character development with him having more than one personality. The multi-personalities can sometimes be a hassle, but they they slowed my pace down and made me pay attention to smaller details. The challenge wasn't that hard, but sometimes it was difficult for me to think up, new and creative ways to kill and take a memorable screenshot. <laughs> the Unbound <laughs> experience gave a better look at in-depth role play and at the same time, a deeper look into my horror-filled imagination. He hasn't been fully developed yet, but with the progress I've made, I'm content. Nice. See, that's the same thing. Did you win? Uh, not yet. No, It'll be not a Not yet. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and uh, to think about developing a character, I would not have gone down this path but you know when you're being challenged to do something very different than you normally do right that might fit the bill for me.
0: Well yeah, I think um, we heard from multiple people during this challenge um, I think of Gail in particular who we forced down a path of, of <laughs> rather playing yes. a melee character and she had always played mages right right and I throughout, Throughout this little experiment, I saw comments from her saying, I love this character, and comments from her saying, I hate this character. <laughs> and comments saying, I, you know, i r I'm loving combat and comments saying, God, I can't wait to get back to magic. Right. Right. But uh, you know, you're you're never out anything for having the experience. And you know what? That's the thing, right? If you love a game and you know it's the kind of game that you can play for years and years. Why not take the opportunity every now and again to play something so far outside your comfort zone that it feels weird, but it forces you to have a different experience that might in some way positively inform future characters you Mm -hmm. create, right? Mm -hmm. So who wants to play a mage every single time? Now, understanding that, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do in this game, well, it's possible to create... 10 different mages who are all very, very, very different characters. Oh, very. Um right. And so maybe, you know, your experience playing a fighter gets you to realize that, um, gets you further down the path to accomplishing that goal. That's cool.
1: Well, but, what I liked about uh, Vinan, the mm-hmm. character, one, the look was amazing. Yeah, he, exactly, he put together exactly. a character that fit mm-hmm. exactly what he was, mm-hmm. just from a visual standpoint. Mm-hmm. But we've also talked a lot about how dark Skyrim is. Really, I yeah. mean, it's it's such a, a brutal world. Yeah, and this is a character that embraced that mm-hmm. darkness, that that brutality, <clears throat> and and tried to make something mm-hmm. of it. So. Uh, from that standpoint it's it is a very unique concept mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> instead of trying to be the the good guy and and you know right. the righteous cause right This is the Dr. Frankenstein.
0: yeah <laughs> you know, I'm oh. here
2: from my own ends nobody else's
0: right right Well a lot so many of the quests in the game, Want, want your motivation to be to save the world. Right. So it's so interesting to think about the idea of how can I take something like killing Alduin and turn it into a selfish thing. <laughs>
1: right, right. Right. You know what I'm right. saying?
0: Um, that, that's pretty cool. So, it's all about the lucky Yeah. When, when you create a character like this who is, you know, probably a complete narcissist and a psychopath, a, you know, yeah. how does that person approach that quest? You know, right. interesting and exercise.
1: This is actually kind of a – this character is the direction I had originally anticipated trying to go down when I developed Inaroth. I That's the dark side that I wanted to explore, mm-hmm. and uh, it just didn't happen. I kind of popped out of it, but uh, – so, I mean, kudos <laughs> for, you know, staying with that, that, that darker element and yeah. really exploring something that I think – Most people don't.
0: Yep. Exploring the darkness takes a lot of discipline. A
1: lot of discipline.
0: Um, You really, really have to be in touch with who your character is and what their motivations are. And you have to really um, be a student of those motivations, constantly quizzing yourself and asking yourself, what would this character do? Yes. Um... Personally, I may be I may be tempted to adopt this orphan.
1: <laughs> right. Right. You know?
0: But would this character do that? And if this character does, would their would their motivations <laughs> the <reason>? be <laughs> altruistic? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Probably not. Probably not. Probably no. not. It would probably turn into a horror show. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think a lot of times you hear people saying, I can't play a character that's evil. I just can't do it. Well, uh, yeah, sometimes it can be really, really hard. And in those instances, if you want to attempt it, you just got to be really sure about what that character is up to, right. what their psychology is, and just really well and hone in home Yeah, that.
1: That, I think that's really where the mm-hmm. sticking point is, you know, just trying to nail that psychology. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right. Uh, this is obviously a character that was <laughs> really off the deep end by most people's Moral compass. Oh yeah, for sure.
2: Um, but probably not developed on the fly either. I mean you have to go into something like that knowing a little bit of the background, mm-hmm. not just sort of sketching it out, you know, but really feeling like mm-hmm. okay, I can really kind of dive into that.
0: right. you know I'm I'm reminded of Fleet in some ways. He did not start out appearing to be as dark a character as he ended up turning mm-hmm. into right and ultimately, I dealt with that darkness by creating a multiple personality situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. It was something that I very much eased into, and it was something that um, not only did it come gradually over time, but there was this sort of implication that it had something to do with something akin to a possession. Right. Right? Whereas what what's going on with this character is like, a from the get-go psycho. Oh yeah, from yeah. the start, which almost, which to me is far more challenging than what almost I did. kind of in reverse.
1: Yeah, if yeah. I've I've kind of followed a little bit, is that it kind of went from you know Mr. Hyde and developed the alternate personality of Dr. Jekyll. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still batshit crazy, but
2: more
0: refined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe a bit more focused or something. I don't know. But, but or still per, or presentable yeah. to society. Dangerous society, and dark, exactly. nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Well, many props to you for doing it. I, I can say I, I've commented more than once in this season of Unbound about your screenshots and how I, fo- I thought they brilliantly captured what you were trying to do. Um, and and that's, I think that says a lot about not only the screen caps, but all of you out there, all the writing that you guys have done to really try to capture the essence of who your characters were. I would say there are many, many ways that you can do that. Um, If you find it rewarding, don't stop doing it. It may be writing, it may be a screenshot that captures a moment in time that you think crystallizes who your character is. But always do little things like that to celebrate the character but because not only are they a celebration of who your character is at a moment in time but there are things you can come back to and look at from time to time that give you a little subtle reminder to say hey this is who this character is and when I'm playing this character I need to be in this dark place because that is what this character is all about you know and it's a hard thing to do but if you can do it well and I I think this is an example of doing it well Mm -hmm. kudos to you man it's very cool
2: not everyone noted how many levels they got, but in some mm-hmm. cases it might not necessarily be important, depending on what the character development yeah, no. ended up being. But in a case yeah. like this, it would be kind of interesting to know if it was a, you know, 10s, 20s kind of a thing, mm-hmm. just from a where and you are in the story very and well the things you interact been. with.
1: Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's, yeah, th- it's this, easy to do a lot of character yeah. development in very few levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This game
0: tries very hard to push you down this altruistic noble road. It does. It um, does. And, uh, you know, if if you let it have its way, your character will morph into the savior of the world every single time. So you got to find a way to resist it. And the only way to resist it is to be so in touch with your character's personality and their motivations that you can't possibly go off the rails. Mm-hmm. And so there's a number of different ways you can do that, and obviously uh, you Especially figure those out. Especially if you're
1: starting so. off the rails.
0: If you're, well, <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're starting off the rails, that's helpful. But, boy, you better well define what that means. So any time that yeah. you're presented with this opportunity to be a do-gooder, you make sure that if you are doing good, if you have no choice but to, but to do, do good, good because the quest dictates it, that you're able to put your own narcissistic, right. psychopathic wrapper <laughs> around it to say, this is why I'm doing this, right? So you don't get off track. Because and that's, this, and that's why new that.
2: characters who wonder how to start, if you've never played Skyrim, start playing Unbound. Rather yeah. than playing the game as it is out of the box, right? Mm-hmm. Don't pay attention to where
0: it wants you to go. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's not the boss of you. (laughs) You
0: know, one of the biggest regrets I have about my Skyrim experience is that the first character that I ever created, rather than going down that path to Riverwood, I went up through the mountains and went straight to Riften instead. I went went 180 degrees the opposite (laughs) direction. On your first character? On my first character.
1: Probably the best thing you could have done.
0: Well, the problem is, though, I got to level 12 and realized that between levels 1 and 12, I had missed out on, on the warrior stone 20% leveling bonus I would have got if I would <laughs> oh taken <boy>. that stone. <laughs> and I stopped playing the character and I started a new one. And went down that path because I felt like it was a path that was laid out for me. Oh right. And I have regretted ever since, like, why did I do that? Like that was my the very yeah. first character I created out of the gate because in two thousand eleven. That's what was expected. And so I now. abandoned him because he didn't conform to what the game was telling me right. to do. <laughs> right. And at that point I was like, Never again. I'm just right. gonna do whatever feels right and, you know, damn the fucking stone. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, right. do whatever right. I need right. to do. But
1: uh, yeah. looks oh. like uh, level 16.
0: Level 16, yeah. all right, <laughs> that's pretty respectable. And I, I think it's, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm pretty sure that demorgue got started. What was it? Is it demorgue's character no, or whose no. character is it? Which whose character is it? Uh, Venon, uh,
2: Venon, yeah, Venon Ramshackle is uh, mom
0: okay, so. I'm I'm pretty sure that this is not a character that we saw in in the character text channel until about halfway through the challenge. So getting to level 16 is actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Especially starting halfway starting through if that's through. what happened, right? right yeah. So right. I would say this character's got a lot of life in it and, you know, if you want certainly keep playing it or, you know, morph it into something for the second challenge, whatever you want, but mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Cool. All right, who's that next? You're... Number eight from the wind. I'm going to make up how I'm pronouncing this, so so forgive me if this. I'm going to say t- I'm going to say t- I don't know if that's how we're pronouncing this. Could be Tyline, but where, I'm thinking where? it's Tylene, right? Okay. Tylene, yeah.
0: Tylene. Tea, <clears throat> <lean>. tea leaves. <laughs> Tylene. Green sleeves. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, God, don't hit me with the bottle.
2: Tylene. I do believe it is. We'll, we'll say head. Tilene. Tilene traveled to Skyrim in order to become a warrior worthy of the name Sword Singer and Ensai. Okay. Ansi? Ansi? Yep. Initially, she believed the path to this status was through the Civil War. She ventured to Solitude, where she intended to join the Imperial Army, despite her misgivings over Thalmor involvement. After overhearing General Talius in his war room, Tilene... Did not like his methods or his lack of empathy or concern over the people of Skyrim in general. Then she traveled to Windhelm. While investigating the murder of Susanna, she found herself in the presence of Ulfric Stormcloak. Don't sing, oh Susanna. Um, Teline found Ulfric charismatic, a man for the people. And she vowed to join the Stormcloak cause when her obligations were complete. While traveling to Whiterun, she encountered a Stormcloak patrol that killed Whiterun guards for no reason she could perceive. This disillusioned her further to the Civil War and left her in a state of indecision. A vision, while meditating, showed Tilene her true path. The vision involved a red guard inviting her to, quote, charm snakes together. Her interpretation of this was to become a great warrior by taking on the dragons, As Tilene absorbed the souls of the dragons she slayed, her powers increased until one day, she suddenly conjured a bound sword. Bam. A shihai. As of the end of this playthrough, she was learning how to summon the shihai at will, but is not yet capable of controlling the ability. Right. So. Uh, the Wind says, I loved what Unbound brought to the table in terms of roleplay and storytelling. I will use it again to build an interesting and different character that will challenge the boundaries of storytelling for me.
0: Nice.
1: Cool. And one real quick apology.
2: T-line. T-line. As we are. Should I read this back again and we can have the... Being we, actually, you can just go through and I'll say T-line, T-line, T-line. If, yes. After, T-line. when
1: we're done, if you could just say T-line, I'll splice it in. It'll be flawless. No one will know. No one will ever notice that. <laughs> Too or lied. you say it. Too yeah. You say Too it, <laughs> and then I'll just splice it in. Well, if
0: I say it, I'm going to say key lime. Key lime. Oh, I love key lime. Mm. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, of course, we remember in recent history, uh, in some of the um, role-play quandaries we got, we had a long discussion of this I- idea that she was having around how to use... The bound sword, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And the idea of using it with Okado's recital, and she reported and back worked. that it was successful. Yeah, and that it actually it worked. Really nice.
1: threw an interesting, yeah, uh, piece into her game. Yeah.
0: So this this sword would just conjure itself unbidden, and basically say, "Wield me." You know? Yeah. And I, it's, what a great effect <laughs> was, was that? Right? Oh yeah, nice. I think
1: it was a. Uh-huh. I'm just so glad that it worked because yeah, uh, it would be so much fun. To, and mm-hmm. there it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and, <laughs> and I it's love in this. your major <laughs> hand know, right? uh, your your primary weapon it's and so
0: cool, yeah, I'd never considered whether or not I don't know why, but i mean the the bound weapon spells are you know they're i mean they're they're self affecting style spells, just like any others, so why not
1: yeah yeah and and it works so
0: and and I love the fact that it it almost feels like in that case. Because you don't have the use of your hand anymore, right? Because it's forcing you to hold something in that right, hand. Right, right. Uh, it really almost does feel like a possession type of situation where there's some other yeah, entity dictating t- that you will do this. Hand
1: is
2: literally like, being forced. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Are well you done. required to hold it in one particular hand or are you always. I, don't, I believe to hold it in she your said
1: that it always came in the primary, so I think right. they're probably the right, the right hand. Right, Okay. 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 Interesting. Can you set your primary hand?
2: I was going to say because that would feel interesting for folks do. who are left-handed, naturally left-handed. Yeah, or the assumption dexterous. that there's a that there's a significantly larger portion of the population. If your character's
1: ambidextrous, do they have to use a two-handed weapon? <laughs>
2: i'm pretty sure that's not it isn't about (laughs) weapon control okay it just means that you can bat from either side of the plate right Right. (laughs) so
0: yeah and this so this is very cool i i think that was a really interesting solution and a really cool role play device right it's what a cool way to sort of illustrate this idea that a person is being overcome by this just right. innate ability they have with a sword. That almost the sword is saying, "Please," you know, going from saying "please" to saying, "You will, right, right. You will do this." Um, well, I think that's until
1: very cool. you can you can master mm-hmm. that, yeah, that ability, right,
0: mm-hmm. right, and then taking this input about um, the snake charming and equating that to the to the giant reptiles Mm. that are the dragons, Mm -hmm. and and, um, kind of turning that into some kind of sign from above that the dragons are something you need to deal with. Right, right. Yeah, that's kind of brilliant. I I think that's pretty cool, too.
2: And that kind of gets back to some of the conversations we had in the first few podcasts. Mani many moons ago, using story cubes to figure out what is it that's actually happening with these visions, and how you try to interpret those, and how someone may have interpreted it completely differently, but it set you down a path that that meant that you had to deal with it. Yeah, that's a good correlation.
0: you know, like Many a weird things have happened because of story dice. <laughs> yeah. You know? And just dice in general. Just dice. Story in dice in particular. So much room for interpretation and creativity. Oh, yeah. On these little pictograms, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. much. Yeah. Totally agree. I like it. Well, it sounds like she's got it figured out. I mean, there's so much good lore around the Red Guards and the Okudan tradition. And I think... She really got the essence of of what it was all about. Right.
1: I mean, well, that's know. kind of an area of interest. Uh, I think you've kind of ade- uh, developed uh, the old Red Guard.
0: Oh yeah, with Raiden. Yeah. Very much right. so. Very much so. And and he took an unexpected dark turn for me as well. You know, so um, the the whole idea of the vampirism. You know. Using, right. Right. Using the power of the vampire to defeat the vampire, and you know well, all of yeah, that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, your hand was kind of forced because you had to choose something.
0: Yeah, I know. It really was. And and it, it all boiled down to that one choice. And and uh, one of the things I struggled with was, okay, I'm thinking about Yokuden society and I'm thinking about their lore and I'm thinking about this idea of what does an Ashaba choose? Does he choose to become a vampire or does he choose to to risk his soul? Right. And I'm like... <clears throat> to me that choice is there is no choice. Well,
1: yeah, it seems pretty obvious.
0: No. If if I become a vampire and my soul is intact, then that has to be the choice that mm-hmm. I make, right. especially in a situation where we start to understand that the Ashaba are made to feel comfortable with the idea of undeath. Well, yeah, be, and they don't
1: view right. they don't view all undead equally.
0: Yeah, that's that's true.
1: So, so uh, it yeah, just kind of even more backs the choice that you you ended right. up making i right. think but
0: well i love the choices she's made here and and uh it was fun to to watch her work through this process too on discord because she she's a person um obviously the the wind i i wish she was here tonight but she's out traveling having a great time i hope you're having a wonderful mm. time um, well, from what I can
1: see, she is.
0: I know. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> it looks fantastic. Uh, she's put a lot of thought into this, a lot of effort, and just uh, so many of you guys have put so so much thought into what you do here. Um, I'm just really impressed.
1: Oh, I agree. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, really, it really, really is if you that. just sit back and think about it.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. The amount of effort and the, the reams. The dedication. Of documentation out there. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. So very, 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 very cool. And uh, the wind was definitely in the thick of that, um, kind of pulling discord for help, but sure. also helping a lot of people yeah, in the process, yeah. which which I think is, is something little, that makes a her a fantastic community yeah. member. Oh, for sure. So what are we up to now, Matt? Number nine.
2: Number Holy E-J. crap. E.J. Uh, here he comes yep. with Bargast, Bargast the Orc. Never intended to be archmage when he set out on his quest to find out who he was, he sought only answers. However, being in a position of power within the college led him let him lean on people. He did favors for those he thought could help him later. Eventually, traveling to Solstheim in an attempt to garner favor with Neloth, a Talvani mage. In his questing, he came upon the black books and became obsessed. When he stepped out of Apocrypha the second time, clad all in black, carrying his elven shield in one hand and a bound sword in the other, the sky lit up with an unnatural aura. Bargast remembered. He was not an orc until that Nord necromancer he'd been told was a Talos worshipper tried to soul trap him. He was an Altmer. As he dispelled the bound sword, Quaranon smiled in spite of his tusks. He alone had succeeded where Ancano had failed. Ancano had failed. Quaranon looked at the severed head, hand. Excuse me, not head, <laughs> severed hand. Hello. <laughs> Quaranon looked at the severed hand on Kano's severed hand, hanging from his neck, and whispered, "For the glory of the Mary Dominion." <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Awesome. I love the names. I really do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um this character has been interesting from the very very start because from the very from the inception of this character there was this idea of who who, I, who are they, you know? And I remember right after we came up with the challenge and EJ created this character, we had this conversation about who is this character and we were just kind of spitballing all these ideas because I I think originally part of the conflict was wait another orc I don't know how to play an orc I don't Mm -hmm. know if I want to play an orc this kind of thing and then it's eventually turned into this conversation about maybe it wasn't an, maybe this isn't an orc maybe this is the spirit of someone who's not an orc trapped in the body of an orc and how does that happen and then the story started to evolve around this idea of someone who had been somehow magically soul trapped and, and dropped into the body, um, in, into this other body. Of an unsuspecting orc. Yeah, right? Of, of a, of Who's a, of now a, wondering what the a, heck is going on. right? <laughs> Zoinks. That's a perfect word for it. Right? But it started with this interesting conversation, and it snowballed into this fantastic thing, which I just think is very cool.
1: And I think this is our first mention of Solstheim. Ah. I mean, in this list, mm-hmm. at least. In this
2: list, anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's... So, so that's cool. Yeah. So was that was that like a, a race menu change at the end to change the character or just the end? No, of the it's playthrough just all story It's a freedom.
0: Yeah, all story. Yeah, yeah
2: that's I cool. Think.
0: It's an all story. Um, what which yeah. I, what I really love about it is this idea that um, the the character comes into the world feeling out of place, not understanding what's wrong, and then eventually coming to the realization that they were some other character, some other race, some other person. Mm-hmm whose soul was somehow entrapped and placed into the body of of a person that's completely foreign to them yep. in every way. And what I think is really cool about that is very early on is that's when EJ released her first screenshot of Bargast, which is very much this warrior-looking orc but in mage robes standing in the middle of the college, like, Boy does this seem like out of place. <laughs> right? But it was such a really just a cool badass kind of picture. Right, I right. think. Which perfectly illustrated who this character was totally fish out of water looking, right. but not really. Under 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 the hood right. <laughs> uh this character belonged. Right? Figuratively and literally. Right. right literally. But then of course it gives the character a beef right out of the gate, too. Yeah. Right. Which right. is a nice strong motivation for doing things in um I think figuring stuff out. And. There was a part uh, a, a an area along the way where we had a discussion. I, I think she was um, struggling a little bit to try and figure out what to do next. And this is one of those things I think we addressed in an episode of the podcast um, where she had submitted a question about what to do next, and we had this really great discussion about maybe this is where Bargast flexes his muscle, right as I'm the I'm the F and Archmage, mm-hmm. man. I I'm going to use my power to go out there and and beat down people who won't give me the information I want. Right, right? Right. Oh yeah, I remember that. And it and it kind of creates this transition of the character from from being sort of powerless and coming up to being powerful and now hammering down, right? right. Yeah. I, I think that's just a a cool a cool way to switch from act 1 to act 2, right? Mm-hmm. In the character's story arc. Which oh,
2: for is sure. Awesome. Especially if you play the orc next time. <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, what about ah! that poor sod? <laughs> yeah, the poor bastard. What's going on? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Doinks, I think is exactly the right thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Soinks?
0: I don't know what happened with this guy. I mean, one day he was out shoveling manure, and the next day he was the archmage. No one knows what happened. You know? But boy, that's a... <laughs> And right after and after
2: kind of the exorcism, how do you explain that you've been away for a while? <laughs> I don't <right>? know. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just went to college on a whim. I didn't know what else <laughs> to do. It was a free yeah. ride kind I was of bored, a thing. bored, you know. <laughs> so I passed all these exams and went to the college.
2: that would be confusing, yeah. though, if you went back to the, to the college and you you weren't the archmage but everyone looked at you and thought that you were right <laughs> yeah. oh come on stop oh, joking with us we know yeah. you're fooling with us you know yeah you just
0: you just go back to visit uncle urag or yeah. whatever like that and you like hey uncle the archmage. urag <laughs> i have a question for
2: you did i pass my test or not that's just fabulous i, I it's, it's, it's a it's a great it's a great
0: idea out of, for a character it's 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 uh it it takes the it takes the idea of like a multiple personality or a possession. All the, it kind of turns it on its head a little mm-hmm. bit, and, and uh, it messes with the concept a bit. I, I yeah. think it's really cool. It's really I agree. Cool. I agree. Yeah. Well, let's move on to number ten. Number ten this number is number one. No, it's not
2: because we have eleven. Hmm? We've turned it up to eleven. We have. There's eleven. Zephyr has a character named Baldric. Baldrick was an only child to parents who were accustomed to peacetime. He found another family within the Legion, but lost them to the Great War. With the Civil War brewing in Skyrim years later, not the kind of brewing you're talking about, Joe, he he ended up on a journey to embrace the present once again. This project brought a number of firsts for me as a player, using a Google Doc and keeping a character journal, randomizing a character with unbound, and utilizing concepts like the circles of conflict. It's also been great to play as part of community, so thank you all.
0: You are welcome. Wrap that up in your Baldrick. And smoke it. (laughs) Please, <laughs> not after <laughs> what you said. Please don't. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. What Dangerous. I like about this uh, is it's the first mention we've had of the Circles too. Circles um, of Conflict has been out since what? Episode 3? Episode <laughs> oh, five? I think so. <laughs> One of the very Something first like things, that. yeah. yeah
1: it's, I'm not even sure that my browser is. It's definitely back uh, far. in the single digit episodes, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure, of I the th- original th- Character Crusade.
0: Yep. I. Th- If I remember correctly, I actually wrote that blog post before we produced any episodes of the podcast, so Yeah,
1: I think Uh, so. I think so. Yeah.
0: Well, I I think... um, Well, since the
2: latest version of iTunes was 11 gigs of install, I could actually open it up and
0: look if you would like. Well, you could. Uh, What I like is, though, that, that Zephyr's embraced the process and pretty much every aspect and has been extraordinarily involved mm-hmm. in the community as well in helping other people figure this shit out. Uh, I can't tell you how many times um, Zephyr has sent me direct messages, help you know, either encouraging me um, along the way you know, with other things that I was doing besides <clears throat> just this podcast. So really engaged member of the community. So I definitely appreciate that. But – uh, yeah. I'm. I, to me, it's always gratifying when somebody, um, eight. is able to take something from a tool that that we've discussed, <laughs> that we've been discussing for so long now. Yeah. And and actually use it, because I, you know, part of the problem here Since is
2: 2015, by the way. 2015. Episode balls. eight. Damn. I nailed
0: it. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, wow! High yeah. fives and fist bumps <laughs> all around, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that, that's terrific. I love that. We may have to review that description one more time, though, too. You uh, think we, would, might we might
1: have lost something? We might have, yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you like me to reread I, I would Please do. Please, Please do. do. Yeah.
2: Baldrick was an only child to parents who were accustomed to peacetime. He found another family within the Legion but lost them to the Great War. With the Civil War brewing in Skyrim years later, he ended up on a journey to embrace the present— once again and then some personal comments this project brought a number of firsts for me as a player Mm -hmm. using a google doc and keeping a character journal randomizing a character with unbound and utilizing concepts like
0: the circles of conflict
2: it's also been great to play as part of a community so
0: thank you all awesome well a couple of different things first of all I I love the idea Well, the tragic hero is obviously something that's easy to do with this game. But this particular approach, I think, is interesting, too, to say, here, here's a person who is is raised to understand the world as one thing, but then discovers in practice that it's another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, as if, you know, like like someone who has who who's raised in an idyllic situation, you know, um, in the Midwest to a good family and then goes off to Vietnam and sees a bunch yeah. of friends killed. And what what does that do to a person where mm-hmm. they they're going from this this understanding of what the peacetime world is to this terrible realization of what how how terrible the world can really be. Yeah. And then how do you role-play in between, right? Is this a person who goes off the rails and becomes dark, or is this a person who struggles and struggles and struggles to try to maintain their humanity and, and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's... When you think about it, it's it's a really simple... Uh, it's It's a really simple difference in values, right? This this idea of being, you know, going from idyllic to horror. Right. But the space that you find in between to do the role play I think is super powerful. That's what I, I like about that. And I mean I can identify with this to some degree too because of some of the role play I've done around stacks and my whole idea with stacks was that you know, he came from, you know, kind of a s- typical farm family. He goes off and he joins the <clears> Legion, and he has this horrific experience fighting the elves uh, in the Imperial City and then comes back home with no skills. I mean, the only skills he has is the ability to kill, you know, and so what does he do? You know, that kind of thing. It makes for a really intriguing Playthrough when you think about it from that perspective, where a person is, and this this game is f- constantly forcing you into these horrible situations where you're having, you know, you're killing something or someone every day. And what does that do to you? You know, I mean, really. Oh, so yeah. it's it's interesting to consider, and th- what I like about this concept is that it it kind of forces you to think about that a little bit differently. It forces you into this weird situation where you have to try to compare what you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis to how you were raised and how you right. grew
2: up and what that environment was like. And, and what you've already lost and what you're causing by the very thing that you're doing.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, right? It would be really easy to go off the deep end and say, I'm this killer now. But what I think is much more interesting is the juxtaposition of that with I was I was raised to be a peaceful person. <clears throat> right. And so, you know, am I, am I just going to allow myself to fall into this darkness, or mm-hmm. am I going to fight it every step of the way? Which to me is really kind of a cool concept. Yeah. It makes every single conflict you have in the game so much more interesting, but... Agreed. 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 I like it. <clears throat> Well, thank you for being part of the community, and thank you for being so active and involved, and thank you for all of your encouragement. I definitely appreciate that
2: very much. And Stu would also like to thank you for naming your character Baldrick.
0: Well, yeah, that did provide some interesting levity here, which is no <laughs> fault of yours. It's
1: that, <laughs> all on It's all of it. here. <laughs> it's all our fault, honestly. Um, but mostly Stu's.
0: Yeah, and, and I... I I mean, I'm going to blame it on the Voodoo Ranger. I mean, honestly. So character so, journal, though, right? So
2: character journals are new for probably a lot of people. I haven't started keeping a character journal the same way that yeah. others have.
1: Yeah, and that's it's it's something that I've done in the past, and it's it's it really I think depends on uh, the character to a large extent. At least for me, it does.
2: And there's um, some ways to do it in game. Right with yep. some tools, right? Yeah, there's yeah. there is a
1: mod that will allow you to actually physically write in in game. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> if you want it to be, you know, as a part of your character's experience, then right. you can do something like that. If you're not able to, or you don't want to, or whatever, you can always you know choose this direction and do it outside mm-hmm. of the, the game itself, or you know mm-hmm. just jot notes
2: as you go or. So a difference right. um, uh, between journaling as your character and then journaling you, about your character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what
1: I guess I think I, I you know, was kind of meaning when it depends on the character. Yeah. Is it something the character would actually do right. or is it something that you want to do as a way to follow your character and maybe put down thoughts and sure. uh, yeah. maybe something you can go back to to kind of reconnect if mm-hmm. you feel like you're kind of losing direction or Sometimes it's just kind of fun to jam yeah. things down there. Right? You yeah. know, you don't always need a reason. You can just do it. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I, it's I, fun. I think it's important too for us to acknowledge that in the first season of this concept. I mean, we kind of asked a lot of people. I mean, we did. We did. I mean, it, it turns we, out yes, we did. We we asked people to journal. And journaling is not for everyone. And my guess is that there were some people who were scared away from this challenge or gave up on this challenge because they didn't want to journal, didn't enjoy the journaling part of it, or felt like because they weren't doing it as much, they were failing. Uh, That is not a situation we ever want to create. And I feel like for some people, maybe we did inadvertently. I, I think the only reason that we were suggesting journaling is because it seemed like... Um, an approachable way to handle this idea of creating narrative in between the quests, mm-hmm, right? Where, mm-hmm. you, know, um, you know, you know, you have a quest that sets you on this mission and you have this quest that sets you on this mission and what's going on in between those two quests, That that narrative or that journaling is just one way that you can kind of define what it is that's happening during those times and you can turn the story in a direction you want to turn it or you can play around with the narrative a little bit and and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, I, I think it's worth mentioning that regardless of what challenge we create, um, if we say something like we encourage journaling, uh, you know... As much as I would love, after all of this is over, to be able to mail you guys some kind of degree, <laughs> uh, we just don't have that kind of authority, believe it or not. Uh, so we, we can't give you, a, you know, a Bachelor of Arts degree in Skyrim roleplay. If we could, we would. But um, you know, certainly, you got to do whatever moves you in the game. And if what moves you in the game is journaling the first five levels and then no more after that, that's what moves you in the game. Yep. and it's every bit as successful it's as anybody really hard else's to journal to
2: with a bound sword.
0: Well, it is. Well,
2: yeah, your hands are full,
0: right? Right. Somebody make a bound pen mod. It's <laughs> <That's> going <be laughs> really to be really hard to fight <laughs> with a pen. <laughs>
1: this isn't mightier than the sword at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I keep getting killed.
2: God dang it! Perry throws too short. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh.
1: All right, but yeah, awesome. so there's there's different ways to do that too, and I I For think sure. uh, you know there's a lot of people that also um, journaled their character experience through screenshots through pictures and right and, uh, there's, there's some great screenshots that were laid down in the Discord too so so many um, yeah just to reiterate whatever works for you. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know? yeah. And that's, that's basically what it is. And I think what we should do in the future is we'll, we'll try to do a better job of, of communicating that because this is all for fun, right? Ultimately, if, if we set you on a path that starts to not be fun figure out what that is that's making it not fun and remove it. Yeah. You know, if it if it's a roadblock, get rid of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that really. W- ultimately what doesn't you, help anyone. We want you to participate in the community and be part of the movement and, you know, do what you got to do and have fun. So. All right, we are on to the last one, are we not? Right. Number 11. We've turned it up do to 11. One. Right yes. on. All right. From uh,
2: karn 114. Perfect. Durzall. Durzal (coughs) escaped an over... Let me get closer to the mic. You told me four inches. Four inches. Four inches. Durzal escaped an overbearing mother in the Imperial City to make his own way in Skyrim. He hunted bandits, became a successful owner of an iron mine, and eventually joined the Stormcloak Rebellion. Together with many other orcs from the strongholds, Durzal helped Ulfric push the Legion and the Thalmor out of Skyrim. In exchange, the orcs of the strongholds gained citizenship and the respect of the Nords. Also, Orsinium, Orsinium mm-hmm. gains an ally from their neighbors against potential aggression from High Rock or Hammerfell, which has been an issue in the turbulent history of Orsinium. Along the way, Durzal was possessed by Malakath, who was exercised by Urag in the College of Winterhold. There, he met and fell in love with Berlina. Berlina, Berlina. Durzal's story ends with the two of them adventuring Skyrim together. Durzal did find out he was dragonborn, but never followed up on it. In fact, I had more fun before I found this out as it forced me to explore unconventional means outside of the main quest to find his narrative. This was a great experience, and thanks for organizing it for all of us.
0: Aww.
2: Stu is touched. He's getting misty-eyed.
0: I am. Well, there's a lot to like here. There is. Um, What I like about it is it's very salt of the earth, right? It's like Mm -hmm. this person starts out in what sounds like kind of a typical middle-class type of upbringing, <laughs> right? Right, right. Es- runs to, uh, to escape City. the overbearing mother, right, and all this kind of stuff. But, okay, so um, the idea that it starts in the Imperial City certainly gives you the impression that this is not an orc who has been raised in the traditional orc fashion. <laughs>
1: Probably not.
0: Right? But <clears throat> goes to Skyrim and discovers what it means to live in the traditional traditional orc mm-hmm. fashion. Not only that, rises above that, learns what the culture is really all about and becomes a leader in the culture despite his upbringing, yep. and then further leads his people into some kind of an alliance with the Stormcloaks, wins a, a rebel war for control of the country, and ends up doing things that benefit orcs across Tamriel in the in the in the process, right? And then trots off into the sunset with his right. love on an adventure. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like it's perfect, right? Yeah, that's It's a perfect yeah, arc. Just I'm, just, I'm just I'm seeing just like the political there. slogan.
2: Dursol, citizen leader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah, they'll be like uh I, I imagine um oh man, it'd be like I'm thinking of some version of a musical that features sure. <laughs> this character, right? <laughs> totally, uh, right. Out out of nowhere
2: comes Durzal Mm-hmm. finding his way.
0: Yeah, some kind of satirical, some kind of satirical musical.
2: Learning what it truly means to yeah. be
0: an orc. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
1: Well, yeah. I kind of actually, I I like that starting outside of the culture, mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of times when you know a person or a character begins to really discover their background they become more invested than those that may just take it for granted oh totally so it kind of has that feel of of yeah. just going into it headlong mm-hmm. uh, yeah. seeing things that others just don't see mm-hmm. uh, because they they just overlook it because and everything it's just is the special. way it always has been yeah. right and so all
2: everything is new and fascinating, right? Because it right. Isn't what you thought it was. Yeah. So
1: now all of a sudden you've got this character looking at all the finer points, and discovering things that others haven't or have forgotten, and pretty soon they're escalating and right, uh, skyrocketing in their abilities and their knowledge and uh, all that good stuff. Organizing pub crawls. I mean, a pub crawl, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, orcs.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Oh but, god, there's a cr- there's a crowd you don't want to see
0: coming towards your tavern. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a bunch of drunk orcs.
2: A
1: bunch of orcs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
0: you know what I what I think is really cool about it too is this idea that um you know, r- rather than going with m- what might be a little bit more cliché with an orc, <laughs> which is to say that they're they're raised in a stronghold type environment and they learn to uh get past all this maybe aspects of their cultural upbringing that are backward and learn how to mm-hmm. live in the civilized world and be a mover and shaker to kind of do the ver- reverse where um, they're they're starting from a completely different culture and then going backwards to some degree and figuring out how to get in touch with their culture and then help that culture ascend to something greater or defending that culture from something that's attacking it right? right? Uh, I think that's very cool. That's very cool. It would be, I think of it, almost being akin to like a story in which, you know, someone is is discovering their, you know, ancient lost relatives who Mm -hmm. still live off the land out in the jungle, right? And is helping defend their culture from the encroaching development companies, right? You know, to me, it's it's kind of like that sort of story, you know, but. The musical cultural I mean, survivalist. If, if we can get Lin Manuel Miranda to write the score. Oh, there or, we go. Yeah. Right, and, and do it in kind of an orcish rap. I think. I think this orcish. would be. Or, orcish rapping has got to be awesome. It, uh, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, I'm having a hard
2: time imagining it. Actually. Oh, I'm not. I can
0: picture it in my head. I just can't articulate it. But uh, next I, episode, I stew
2: orc rapping.
0: <laughs> orc rapping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twist. I'm worried.
2: I'm worried it's going to be a little more crap. Yeah, he goes
0: <laughs> say it this way, and he goes slur it because of big teeth, right? Uh, teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big fucking teeth, right? His <laughs> big teeth. It affects your rapping, eh? <laughs> that would be great. so much fun. I got to come up with some lines. <laughs> uh, tell you what, you write the lines, send them in. And twist, we'll twist. We'll wrap it. Yeah, we'll put it to a beat and twist, I'll wrap it. The orc rapper.
1: <laughs> so, are you gonna go? Would would it be more of an old school
0: type of rap? Oh yeah, it'd be or totally old or school. More of a newer hip hop. No, 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 no okay. old school. Okay, okay, old school. None of that. None of that is new bullshit. <coughs> how how old school, old school are we? talking? Oh, probably oh, like we're, public we're talking, enemy kind of old. Well, we're or? talking. We're talking. I'm thinking more like LL Cool J. Oh, okay, okay. 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 Early cool. days. Early days. Cool mode stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> That'll be interesting. All right. You took my style. I'm checking it back. <laughs> it's fucking right. Uh, That's gonna I think, think sco- I know whatever fourth word is yeah. going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Now, I've, uh, boy, we, we've got some really core members of this community who have really stepped up. It'll be really interesting to see as we go into season two. I'm excited because season one has been a test case to see if this, this concept has legs. And I really think it does. I mean, the, the audience has still been small, but the audience has been so engaged and has seen a lot of benefit from it that I'm excited to see how they help us promote it going forward, especially mm-hmm. in season two when we've got more of an open concept. Right, And now we'll have the Let's Play supporting the effort from the very first episode which I think will help to draw some new people in. And when I see new people coming into the community and then taking the time to comment on YouTube to say how great the community is, yeah. to me that just says a lot. That's encouraging. It means that the three of us, are we're working hard to put together this concept, but this concept does not work without you guys helping us pull it off and you guys out there in the community Absolutely. welcoming people in and helping them through their tough spots. And also helping them understand that even if they come in halfway through a season they can still catch up or they can still get something right. out of it yep that's huge oh so, yeah massive. for sure
1: absolutely that's yeah, awesome it's awesome yeah it's I mean it's it's intimidating to come into uh, an yeah. established community mm-hmm. where you're not sure kind of what the feel is you know kind of what the attitudes are and who the people are maybe you knew somebody and that's what drew you in maybe not Mm -hmm. but it takes some there's a feeling out time period of of Mm -hmm. kind of where you fit in and what everyone's like and um, it's it's great to to know that we've helped kind of bring people of like mind together and uh, everyone is just so
0: uh, open and welcoming Yep, for sure. Yeah, it's great. It's been wonderful. So I think that wraps this up. I think we've determined that um, who, who is our who is our last person here, our last player. Uh, Karn Karn one one four. Okay, Karn one one four has successfully created the Hamilton of Orcish culture. <laughs> uh, we, we expect to see more out of you in the future. Um and I'm serious if you if you give me some lyrics I will rap them. Um so by the way people think the rap... Twist
2: is an excellent rapper name just in general. Oh it is. Oh, yeah. it, fucking totally is. is. Totally. <laughs> it fucking is. Totally it, fucking is. It fucking is. <laughs> it is.
0: Right? I don't know what his DJ's name would be but it's going to be awesome I'm sure. <laughs> um So that that brings us to the end of our community craft segment. And it brings us to the end of, gosh, all of this awesome... culmination uh, of season one. Yeah, this this all this season one creativity. It's been awesome. What we would encourage you to do, ladies and gentlemen, is certainly get involved in season two if that's what you wish. But we would also say that if you have a particular connection to these characters, by all means, keep playing them and keep enjoying yourself. This is what this is all about. So uh, by all means, don't stop. Don't stop. Let's keep it going. Uh, So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for all of your contributions in season one. This has been really gratifying. What we are going to do next is we are going to move on to the homework section of this podcast. Gentlemen, are you ready? Let's issue some homework. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this really isn't homework per se. This is more a state of mind. It is something that we're going to refer back to throughout Season 2. So I want to set the stage now so that when we come back to this discussion and subsequent episodes that we're all kind of on the same page. And really, <clears throat> the, the concept that I'm going to try to communicate here is trying to create what I would call um, sort of an emotional or story-related value pair in your story and thinking about your the way that you tell your story in a slightly different way so that as you're going through your adventures and you're having encounters and you're completing quest lines that you every once in a while will take a moment to pause and think about the encounter that you just had and how it it flops this value pair that I'm going to explain shortly and how that impacts your story. So here here's the concept, right? First we got to talk uh, we're going to talk just very very briefly about story structure. You've got this overall arc plot, right? You've got the long-term plot of the character and what I'm talking about is I'm talking about the narrative that goes from level 1 to say level 40, right? This larger journey. And at at each end of that arc plot, you've got a value. Um, it can be a negative to positive value or a positive to negative value. It doesn't it doesn't matter what it is, but you've got this this long-term story that says the character is starting at point A and ending at point B. When you break down a story, then the, the next the next level is say the story act, which can be broken down into sequences, which can be broken down into segments. And so when we think about story structure we think about the idea that in each experience that a character is having if if you were someone who is writing a screenplay if you know that you only have a couple hours of people's attention when they're watching a movie you want every single scene that plays a part in the story to have an impact of some kind where a character is going from one state to another state. The, the thing that is happening to that character is moving them from from point A to point B. If it doesn't do that, then it's just exposition. It, 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 it doesn't really matter. It's something that should be cut from the script. Um, in this case, what we're talking about is, is we're talking about role-playing games which have a lot more width and breadth to them, right? There's, there's a lot of stuff that you can do that's ineffectual, but you, what you want to be looking for in your stories is this idea of going from one charge to another and back and forth. It can be negative to positive or positive to negative. So let's, let's talk about what the value pair is. So if, if we talk about the value pair, I think about Raiden's story. For those of you who watched Raiden, he, he started out with this idea of being lost, that was the negative value in his value pair, to finding purpose, which was the positive value in his value pair. And if you look at that across the entire arc of his, of his narrative from level one to where he finished at level 37, he went from being lost, which was the negative value pair, to discovering that his destiny was to be the protector. So that, that is the larger value pair, going from the negative to the positive, right? Now, he also had another value pair, which we saw in the last act of his story. The last act of his story, we saw this strange value pair, right, where he went from being pure to being tainted, where he went from being this 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 young man who walked into Skyrim fresh with these this, these high ideals and these ideas that he was going to help people and that he was going to discover his destiny. Um, this this person who was very pure and innocent to being this person who was tainted with being a vampire and coming to the realization that in order to defeat evil, he needed to become part of what that evil was, right? He needed to become a vampire to defeat the vampires. So he went from being pure to being tainted. So what we're going to talk about a lot is this idea of coming up with negative and positive value pairs. And I think what that helps to do is it helps to drive your story forward to some degree, but more importantly, what it does is it helps you think about what's going on in all of these encounters that you have. And so the idea is if you have, if you have an encounter on the roadside with some bandits, which leads you down a path to find their lair and defeat them all, After that encounter's over, pausing for a moment to think about what the value pairs were in that scenario and and playing through them in your mind and figuring out what that constitutes in terms of an impact on your character's psyche and on the direction of your role play. So character is walking down the road headed towards an end goal which is maybe the person says uh i'm interested in traveling from white run to rifton suddenly we're ambushed on the road okay the the negative is is the ambush overcoming the immediate threat of danger right so you've got this 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 really small negative to positive value pair you defeat the enemies so what does that do for you? You've defeated the enemies and now you've, you've hit the positive, right? That gives you, your character, um, a shot of adrenaline, a shot of confidence, this idea that they're capable, right? And so they go from that positive value of suddenly fe- going from feeling vulnerable and ambushed to feeling positive and capable, And they feed on this idea of feeling positive and capable, and they charge into the lair of the bandits saying, you know what? I am a good warrior. I'm going to take on these bandits. They charge in. Now they get inside, and they go from the positive of feeling capable to the negative of feeling vulnerable, right? Which is, oh shit, there's more bandits in here than I realized. You know? So what do I need to do as a character to... Overcome this problem? Well, maybe you pull out some spells. Maybe you run around and, and, and use your athleticism to defeat them. Maybe you use stealth to outsmart them and show your cunning, right? And you go from, again, now from the negative of being um, overwhelmed and outnumbered to the positive of overcoming, right? And, and so the character's story is a constant vacillation back and forth between the negative charge. In the story and the positive charge in the story and so I think it's helpful to think about as you go through these experiences what what the negative and positive value pairs are of even minor encounters that you have and a lot of times what we'll do is we'll breeze through an encounter with a bunch of roadside bandits and then we'll just move on to the next objective and we don't think about the impact right well thinking about things in terms of, of value pairs will help you every once in a while just pause and say to yourself okay what happened through this encounter well we had this rush of adrenaline when we were attacked and then we had this rush of positivity when we realized we were capable and then we put our foot in it when we allowed ourselves to be ambushed because of overconfidence that was a negative but we overcame through some other means And you kind of just look at things in that way. And I think that helps you frame up a little bit who your character is in these minor moments, right? And so we start there and we kind of extrapolate from there what our character is in the larger moments. So when I talked earlier about story structure going from the plot to the act to the sequence to the segment, you don't have to boil your, your, um, your story down into that granular of a structure, but at least think about how your story is putting itself together from the act level. If you were to break your story down into chunks, say, between levels 1 and 40, uh, over the course of three months of playing, which is what each season is now, when we're talking about six episodes of this podcast, that could constitute, uh, say, four acts at ten levels per act. What are the major? What, what's the major theme of each act? And the higher you go up that structure, the these value pairs have less impact at the segment level and the sequence level. But when you start getting to the act level, then things start to have more of an impact. Um, each act has its own value pair, which is much higher impact, which means it's this big reversal of value that has a much stronger impact on the character's psyche until when you talk about the larger plot, as you reach the end of that plot line and you hit the final end of that, that value pair reversal, now you're talking about a change that's so powerful for your character that it's irreversible. And that can be positive, that can be negative, that can be both. So just using Raiden as an example, we talked about this idea of him moving across this, this larger plot line of starting from this sensation of being lost to the sensation of having purpose or being a protector. And then we talk about this, this plot in the last act where in order to become the protector, he must go from pure to tainted. That contains its own set of complications, but it's definitely this change of value pair that's high impact. And and the overall idea then across his whole story arc is this theme of sacrifice, that in order to protect people, he must sacrifice something of his self in order to be the protector, right? And that's just an example. So. What I'm suggesting to you are two things. First, try to think about your adventure as you go forward in this positive-negative value pair. Don't worry so much about the minutia of what's happening at at the sequence level or the segment level, but think about the larger acts of your plot, and then think about the larger story arc of your plot. So you've got your plot value pair, you've got your act value pair, and then if you choose to, and I highly encourage you, just every so often when you're playing, after you've finished a quest, or after you've finished a particularly difficult encounter with bandits or um, with necromancers or a dragon or something like that, pause for a moment and think about how how would this experience change my character? And if you frame it up in terms of what is this negative positive relationship look like. That just is a way to help you kind of visualize what that change might be. So all of the worthwhile things that happen on a character's journey to becoming who they're destined to be are things that change them from one state to another state. Um, Anything else is just fluff, right? So what you're going to be looking for are those instances where you can attach some significance or importance to what's going on with your character. And this can be uh, on a a moment-by-moment basis. I think what we miss most often is taking the opportunity to pause in the midst of a big event or something like that to actually think about the change. So. This is a theme we're going to come back to, I think, throughout this entire season two of Unbound, where we're going to have this discussion of, okay, let's talk about value pairs. Uh, What did you think about your last playthrough? You've had two weeks to play. You've gained eight levels. During those eight levels, what were the opportunities that you had to think about how your character has transformed? So... That's just a way to frame it up, ladies and gentlemen. So um, the big message here is just take the time to pause and think about uh, your character's transformation because of uh, events, both major and minor. All right? So nothing you need to write down here unless you feel like you need to record some of this just to remember it. But the, the objective here is... Joe is laying out a situation where you get to create any character you want, dream up anything you want. We're going to apply some story through Joe's narrative that will add spice to what you're already doing. And this structure about positive and negative charge and value pairs, I'm hoping will help you just take pause every now and again and take stock of how your character has changed because of events that are going on around them so that the next journey that you take between Whiterun and Riften won't just be a walk. There'll be actually something that happens during that walk that impacts your narrative. All right? All right. All right. So that is me jumping down off my soapbox now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Character Crusade Unbound. You can support this podcast by uh, going out to Patreon. Go to patreon.charactercrusade.com. Throw some support our way out there. We always appreciate that. You can find us on YouTube at Couch Warrior TV. Uh, You can find us on iTunes as well. Uh, Our best recommendation there is to go to the website at charactercrusade.com where you will find links to all the podcasts that are part of the Couch Warrior TV podcast network that includes Character Crusade Unbound, um, Pocket Odysseys, and A-Bomb Radio. So, throw some support our way that way, too. Uh, If you can't contribute on Patreon, get out to iTunes and give us a rating. That helps immensely. Give us a rating and a review. We certainly do appreciate that. You can find us on social media uh, on Twitter at CharacterWonk, or you can go to Facebook.charactercrusade.com and find us there. And for God's sake, get involved in our Discord community. It is the best community on on the the internet. On the
2: planet. Yes. In the galaxy.
0: Exactly. Discord.CharacterCrusade.com. So thank you all very much, everyone, for your support, for your time and attention. And we are very much looking forward to seeing you in Season 2 of the Unbound Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Season's gonna be called fucking about.
2: <laughs> he put up a new dick last year. My <laughs> wife was really happy to see he had a brand new dick. <laughs>
0: there he goes, Matthew, fulfilling his potential. <laughs> Four inches. Give Thank us you. four inches. That's Ooh. all we're
1: asking for, Matt. So, four yeah, inches, Only four, four inches. Yes, yeah, So right. only
2: put it in a little bit. <laughs> Only four? Come on, that's like a third.
0: Oh, the irony. Oh, I the opposite mean. of
2: irony is wrinkly, isn't it?
0: Uh, sure. sure. It's this vision I have in my head that... <clears throat> An ancient jockstrap was called a baldric. <laughs> this
2: was my father's baldric.
0: <laughs>
2: this has been passed down from generation to generation.
0: It's incredibly tight.
2: <laughs> Hold on to your baldric, it's time to do number 10.